Hello and welcome to the Arts Respond, a Create Contribute Change podcast. I'm Anna MacDonald. Today I was lucky enough to interview cellist, arranger and activist extraordinaire Susie Winkworth. We talked about everything from her career path to who she's played for, who she's arranged for, to her most recent project Let Music Live. Let Music Live is a group who are raising awareness of self-employed musicians during this Covid period. Their most recent event at Parliament Square garnered worldwide attention and you can find out more about them on Twitter and Facebook and I believe there soon will be a website. Let's dive straight into this fascinating discussion. Welcome Susie. Thanks so much for having me Anna. I'm so delighted. Um, We met in person back when that was a thing um, quite a yeah. long time ago, actually, at a mutual friend's wedding. Yeah, gosh, that was and quite I a remember long time ago. That was a long time ago. Um, three little people ago, actually, if we're if we're yeah, counting it in. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I remember talking to you about how passionate you were about cello and arranging and composing, and it stuck with me because we only had a very brief conversation, but I, you know, I vividly remember it. Oh. That's good. Yeah, your passions are translating um, and staying with me. Um, so I was really interested to see that you were so involved with the political movement that the arts are having um, around uh, the musical sector at the moment, in which we will move on to. But I wanted really to start with questions about you and your creativity and, and you um, how that has developed over the years. So you started studying cello initially? That's right. I I did a, a standard music degree, like an academic degree, um, at university uh, first, and then I studied. I did a master's in in performance, um, and the sort of research around performance at the Royal Academy of Music. Um, mm, yes, on cello, really. So for the Amazing. first sort of decade of my life, I was a cellist working life yeah and how did the composition arranging um come into it were you always doing a little bit of that and then it really became a passion that you had you know you discovered you had a real talent for it or was it that you got an opportunity and you thought yeah I'm just going to take it and see where it see where where it leads um I always I always did it growing up um and then I guess there's a pressure to sort of specialize isn't there at a certain point Mm. so that's that's how how it ended up being the cello um so strongly and then I actually injured my back um as many cellists do and um on tour and I had to come fly back early from a tour and I was sort of stuck on my own and I was thinking about what to what to do really and that's how I got into arranging first and then um composing as well and um, and I guess just having ironically a bit like this year has been for many people having a bit of mm. time out gave me the chance to to think about what I what I could do because weirdly playing the cello for a living isn't always that creative you know uh it's it's you know your job to 
to bring someone else's creation alive which obviously there's a there's some sort of creativity in that but it's not the same as making something yourself um and sort of steering the path of something in the way that you do when you're creating something from scratch or or rearranging something so yeah I think I was ready for that by when I got to that point. So my next question was going to be around sort of the basis of your curiosity and and how you explored things but it sounds as if um, with the cello you rather than playing multiple instruments like you say you specialised and then found areas within your specialty to branch out and keep creative. Yeah, I think um, as a freelance string player, um, a lot of us play an awful lot of different styles of music. So you might be playing Baroque music one evening and then an education workshop the following day and then jazz in the following evening or backing some pop artists. So it's it's a real range of things which I found really fantastic I I love I love doing all the different things um and learning about different um bits of the business and how different musicians work um from different backgrounds and um and I think I decided to start creating because I wanted to play things that were more more like some of what I heard other people doing in their other branches than a lot of the string stuff that was handed to me was. So I started because I was jealous and I wanted to play I wanted to play the fun bits and not just the long notes in the background. Um <clears throat> yeah. Which really nicely takes me on to my next question. Um having looked at the body of work just on your introductory page, which I'm sure is a, as a fraction of what you've done, it's so vast and so varied. Um, I, I wasn't really even sure which area to specifically ask you about. So you've done stuff with, um, I can never say the name, can, can you West? I'm just not cool enough. Yeah, back in the day, yep. Folk stuff, um, stuff for TV and production. Do you have a favourite? Is it is working with an individual artist harder than a production company or is production company harder because they're a bit less flexible i i think um i think that one of the which kind of will tie in i think to our uh the, the sort of political thing uh a bit later but i think um being a freelancer is about being able to dip your toe into lots of different waters and and hopefully to take something from each of them back into the other one so I do really enjoy the the doing lots of different things and I think you learn loads and so I'm not sure that there, there is one that's a favorite really I I do and always have enjoyed the variety of of being able to do all these different things and I think that being able to I think when I was 20 you know not having a single-minded focus on what my career should be um, felt like a negative. It felt like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I think actually it, it's um, <clears throat> it's almost a job in itself to, to be able to do 
to do a bunch of things and um, and let them all feed off one another. So yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely happy to be a freelancer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's certainly one of the things that um, I see quite regularly with people in the arts is that they are performers, but they maybe are also doing other elements um, working within the arts. And, and that's sort of the way it's had to have been, which, again, feeds into this um, sort of political issue that we're, we're going to get to um, about the government sort of encouraging people to perhaps retrain and get new jobs. And a lot of you know musicians and artists yeah. were actually yeah, already... Yeah working second jobs but we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that um I also just wanted to touch on um some support that you got from when you were studying from was it the Countess of Munster Munster sorry music Munster, trust yeah yeah um, I think trusts like that are so valuable and I just wondered how you heard about it and how that came about gosh so this is going back quite a long time probably <laughs> 20, maybe 25 years um, no, they, I mean, they are a fantastic organisation that support people, um, I think, primarily going through their training. So they, they supported me. They gave me a grant to help me do my master's at the Royal Academy of Music. Um, and they also have um, a concert programme, or they certainly did then, that helped people go from studying and out into the world. And, it, yeah, it's... It's this thing, isn't it, that I think we talk about support a lot, and of course it is support, but I, I think it's really important to talk about investment in mm. art and in artists because that is, that's kind of what we've been asking the government to do in the last few weeks, and I think it's, it's about recognising that there's real value in, in, in investing in that options for the future and what those those people can contribute to the to the you know wider community and certainly organizations like Countess of Munster are invaluable in them. And it is that recognition you're exactly right it is a form of support but it's also an acknowledgement of an investment for the future in terms of the arts in this country. Um, yeah. And I, I was just thinking the reason I wanted to kind of mention that was I think it feeds into um the, the help and support and investment that you've had in the past allows you also to then feed that back in and I was wondering about how these things have affected where you are now as an individual um freelancer but also with the work you're doing with the wider art section music section particularly would you just tell us a little bit about how that started and and what's been happening with it um the do you mean the, the sort of more activist end of things? Yeah, I think let's dive right into that now. We've been we've been <laughs> dancing around it, but let's get right into it. Well, actually, it was kind of by accident. I mean, obviously, this has been um, a, a topic of conversation for everybody in the music industry for the last six months. And, um, and we were discussing it again a, a few weeks ago and what could we do and could we you know should we sit down and write to our MPs and and actually my I have a, a little daughter who's just started school a, a matter of weeks ago and until that point it was very difficult for me to have any time to address really what had happened and just it felt a bit I felt helpless and a bit hopeless just 
but you know getting through the days with with no um childcare <laughs> no school um doing homeschooling with a four-year-old and there was no time to think about how on earth am I going to move forward um in this new world where my industry's just imploded died um so she'd just gone to school and about three days after she started school I sat down on the sofa having dropped her off and thought you know I just can't face writing to my MP again because it's never gone particularly well before she's not a very um without wishing to (laughs) not being a very um super supportive um MP and so I just wrote a Facebook post which I did not expect to be read by pretty much anybody other than you know my three closest friends and um and weirdly it suddenly somehow it it sort of seemed to have encapsulated what everybody was thinking and talking about and um <clears throat> and it just sort of took off and then someone suggested it might have more impact and a wider reach if I put it on Twitter which I did so then by the following day it had had I don't know 60,000 interactions or something um and then and then as a consequence of that um Jesse Murphy who's um a friend and colleague of mine had been thinking about trying to make something happen uh in in a sort of performance protest demo type way and I was asked if I would help them so I joined I joined the sort of team and um yeah then we we managed to do it in in Parliament Square which is astounding really astounding the, the musicians it did amazing. amazing yeah yeah and again, that had a much wider impact than we sort of could have hoped for, really, um, in that it was picked up by papers everywhere, all the all the papers and uh, and TV and radio in the UK, but also as far afield as Japan and the US and everywhere in Europe. Amazing. So, yeah, it, it seemed to have uh, struck a chord. And it's it's just such an important issue because I think for six months, everybody's been hanging in there, just doing whatever they could individually to cope with their circumstances. You know, colleagues who have lost their homes, they're selling everything they possess just to survive, who obviously are pivoting, retraining like crazy just to... Mm to make ends meet and have been doing so since the beginning. And I, I think when when the government announced this new package going forwards over the next six months, it somehow it just it shocks everybody. You know, we were all talking talking about how, you know, we're six months in and it's been hard for everybody, etc. But yeah. the the sort of feeling that this could be it and worse for another six months was just um just really horrifying and you know when i when i wrote the initial post it the things i was talking about were you know they were sort of basically composite people and and their experiences 
you know, both in terms of their music, you know, their musical or technical or um, uh, career-based history and, and how much they'd already contributed, actually, as as opposed to where they are now. And, you know, there really are people out there who are, are on the brink, mentally speaking, and people who actually are over the brink, practically speaking, and who have sort of paid the price for for this COVID thing in a way that I think is disproportionate. Um, and, yeah. I think it's certainly caused, um, out on a Play for Progress, a charity which works with unaccompanied refugee um, children, and we do everything through, we're therapeutically grounded, but we do everything through music and art, education, advocacy. And one of the things that we found is what we are asking for in our musicians in our um in our facilitators is this uh, creativity and to get that creativity often people they do not have nine to five jobs and they do move around and they are able to be flexible and that is we need that in our space because we need them to be able to deal with whatever comes in the door that day but yeah for this group of people society is not set up to su- support invest help them in any way so as soon as this lockdown started they're really you know they're really left out at sea and yet they are the people that bring our community together they continually go above and beyond in terms of facilitating giving their time their expertise and it i mean to say it's unfair is the understatement of the year um but also just to second the effect that we've seen on people's mental health has been really devastating yeah yeah absolutely and i think I think that's exactly what has happened, um, you know, as part of writing all the, the press release stuff and everything for this protest. I looked at all the stats and um, the Musicians Union has found that, you know, a, a third of our industry hasn't re- had any support at all. And that is exactly because they fall through the gaps. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the sort of, government line has been that you know most people are fine they're being helped and it's just a minority who aren't but actually in 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 our industry and in the wider events industry that that isn't the case it's it's a huge portion of people who haven't received any help at all and that's exactly because they you know they their work is this modern future flexible working that actually we're told everybody wants nowadays you know where you you're you might do some work which is classed as PAYE because that's the way the big organization operates even if it's a day in fact in some cases you know you do a gig for one day and you've got to be on their PAYE payroll or people who earn money from an awful lot of different pockets different situations and and so that they just don't haven't qualified because yeah as you said the very skills that that make us useful that make us able to you know create a sector which does contribute to the community and to the economy is is what's being penalized and um even though we're all trying to use those same innovative creative skills to to survive it it just does seem 
a bit unnecessary in some cases that the severity of the situation that people are put in I feel it, it and it's it seems to me very much it's a government that knows the price of I was going to say everything but the price but the value of nothing I yeah. feel like the un, the the whole industry has been so hugely undervalued because, and and I mean that in terms of finance, in terms of the revenue it brings in, but I also mean in terms of the unacknowledged value it brings in bringing people together, in helping mental health, in being a safe haven, in helping create trusting relationships. I mean that's what we use it for. Um, yeah. And there's there's no there's no understanding of that, acknowledgement of that, which seems to me currently at least as important if not more important i i don't i just don't really understand you're completely right and i don't really understand it i mean as you say when you look at the facts and figures it's it's a hugely valuable industry not not only in terms of sort of direct spend as they like to call it but also indirectly because you know we've talked about this a lot with the relation to this this protest but you know Every time someone goes to an event, a concert or a gig or even a wedding where you might have musicians that, you know, they're spending money all around that. It's it's what is provoking um, that economic transaction for, for a big part of the society. But but yeah, it's it's all these things that we we as creatives always sort of feel embarrassed about talking about, you know the things that that make life worth living that it feels the sense like it's not it's so, sorry it no no like carry it's on not, it's not the for for creative people i always feel as if money like just in the sort of barest terms money is never the motivator or i mean obviously to say that i don't mean to say musicians shouldn't be paid or what i absolutely obviously don't mean that but if you're passionate about what you're doing then yes, you need a fair wage and you need all the rest um, that goes with that, and you and as you should. But it's never about earning huge amounts of money. For 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 most people, it's not about earning huge amounts of money. No, absolutely. I mean, I think you know the average the average income for for a, a jobbing musician, even if they're playing with you know people at the top of top of their field, is it's very much not more than the average income for anybody out there working in a normal job. I think, you know, one of the things that was interesting about this, doing this protest and the coverage of it in, in Parliament Square was was how how it seems to have slightly changed the public perception of what we do. Because I think, on the one hand, they're seeing, you know, musicians are, are playing with like some big name guy with the name up in lights or you know the sound guy making that happen or the lighting guy but the thing is we're just we're just normal people we aren't that famous person who's got a lottery size income at all and um yeah musicians are are committed to doing work in education in the community everywhere from prisons to schools to <clears throat> projects amazing projects like yours as well as you know to a fancy stage on the o2 but but yeah it's it's not about the money it's about the value that 
that we feel it brings to be able to bring that to life I think. Absolutely so at the risk of asking you to solve this problem entirely on your own um, what do you think the next steps are both for you know people that are involved in the arts community and people that, that aren't what what could, what do you think we as a community a, a wider community should be doing? Um, well I think we had a chat about this actually with the, with the Let Music Live group the other night and I think one key thing that would be really beneficial going forward even if there's no more investment or support coming forthcoming from the government would be to to make the public re- recognise what it is that we do actually contribute because I think it's easy to just assume that it's the thing that's there when you press the button on your TV or your audio player or you fancy a night out and you look flip through the paper and there are a list of events you should go to or you take someone out for their birthday treat and there's somewhere to go. And I think it's easy to assume that that will just always be there because it always has, but actually there are real humans with skills that make that happen. So I think to make people, A, appreciate that that has value and B, realise that it, it doesn't come out of thin air, it comes from humans. It comes from humans who make that happen. I think that would be the real, a real positive it's really hard to know. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just going to say that sounds to me like um, a sort of video of showing. So uh, my partner is a jazz trumpet player and he practices trumpet for three to five hours a day. And yep. I just think people don't appreciate um, the sort of yeah the time spent. And obviously with different instruments and different skills and, and what, what you're looking for, you know, not everyone needs their instrument be practicing an instrument in that in that manner but it's for for me I didn't realize that's the sort of level of practice that is required you know and I have some insight into the industry so it, it sounds like a short video of like lots of people saying I practice for this time or just to kind of make people understand the human like you say exactly behind behind the sound and how exactly like, the high skill level it takes to get there and you know I mean it has been debunked in various ways, all of this stuff that's been coming up about adverts, about retraining, or the Chancellor suggesting we should retrain, or Edwina Curry um, mm. <laughs> suggesting we should all retrain. Mm. Um, but, but actually, you know, in a challenge situation, if we had to swap jobs for a fortnight, I'm pretty sure I could be up to speed with being an MP in a fortnight. I think... I think many of them would struggle to get beyond Twinkle Twinkle and they certainly wouldn't be able to ship up in any performing or arena uh, or run an education workshop with any group of humans, you know, and deliver that level of of expertise in a fortnight. I think that's your angle right there. I think that's it right there, Susie. Maybe Maybe there's a TV show in this somehow. We challenge you challenge to swap you know I think if you want people to appreciate the level of skill I think that's it right there and I think a direct um a direct video to to our chancellor saying exactly that 
Yeah, well, maybe maybe you're right. We, we did discuss, you know, what options have we got for sort of taking this forward and and carrying on uh, the the fight. Um, and um, and one of them was, could we organise a blackout? You know, could we take what we contribute out of what people consume every day? But unfortunately, wow. that's not really doable because it's everywhere. That's the yeah. thing. It's everywhere. I was, and yeah, I was just wondering how you would do that. <clears throat> so that in itself says something about, you know, the the level of how how pervasive it is, how important it is, the arts, you know, it's it's easy to dismiss it, isn't it? As as fluffy, but actually, you know, it's it's what we all live for. Yep, absolutely. Um so People can find out about Let Music Live on all of the normal social media channels. Yes, I think a website is being built as we speak. Um, so it's Let Let Music Live UK, and um, yeah, we're going to hopefully carry on. And I think what we're trying to do is use use our skills actually, because there are lots of amazing people and organisations who are working but sort of behind the scenes trying to negotiate, trying very hard to use the sort of proper proper diplomatic channels to make things change. Um, I don't want to suggest that they aren't working because they I know that they really are. But um, but what we're trying to do is just use the skills we've got, making sound, making a noise, to just remind people that, that we are here. And and actually, I think that may be one of the reasons why the it, it got the coverage it did because because there is something inherently powerful about seeing and hearing four hundred musicians playing together in harmony in a field. <laughs> there is something magic about that, and that's what all the press picks up on. And I hope I just hope we don't lose it. You know, I just, I just hope we don't go too far down the road and it's gone well I mean I think we've definitely covered um the difficulties that that um the current situation has has um introduced to the arts community and it's one of the other things very much exactly like what you were saying about when you hurt your back as a cellist and you had that time to sort of pause and reflect and it feels like there's a lot less white noise around um I've been thinking a lot about access to the arts in terms of diversity and equality and how we could change Mm -hmm. what needs to be changed and how we could change to have you know make it lasting and sustainable so if you could change one thing about how the arts works currently what would it be oh crikey Mm, big question that's a big question um i think that I think it is this recognition about about um, what we do contribute, and that we do have voices that are are worthy. I think that's something that maybe your average freelance string player in an orchestra maybe doesn't feel. You know, it, you your job is to sit in your chair and and deliver, but not not necessarily to talk about that. And I think to know that we've got got a voice and that voice is 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 worthwhile it's worthwhile 
sometimes speaking up. It's worthwhile creating things and seeing where they go. It's worthwhile. I think that that's a really important lesson for me anyway from, from all of this. Absolutely. Whether that and is, is anything... writing a piece or... Yeah, sorry. No, no, on, on you go, sorry. No, whether it's, whether it's, that is, you know, creating a piece of art, a, a piece of work, or whether that is, you know, using your, using your voice to, to talk about what, as you're doing in this very podcast to try and, you know, bring people together and talk about the things that, that matter, amplify those voices, then, then maybe it's worthwhile. And is there anything you think as an art sector that we are doing well as a community? Is there anything that you would absolutely hate to lose that we need to keep? I think it's it's the community, actually. That's what's come through, is that it you know, it's like it's a kind of funny world where everybody like like with us, well, you know, you bump into one another and connect quite strongly because you're together for a, a intensively for a period of time and then you might not see them for a few years but but those connections are then if you spread them out it's a it's a really powerful community so I think that's that's what that's that's another positive that actually together we can we can make amazing things happen that's such a lovely sentiment to to finish on um, I've just got a couple more quick fire questions for you and then the uh, then we'll round up. So are you ready for your quick fire questions? I'll try. Yeah. So, Susie, who has been your favourite artist to work with ever? Oh, gosh. How can I ever say that? There's just too many. There's a billion of them. Um, for loads of different reasons. Do you know, I'm going to say, just because I have to pick something... Um, there's a group called the North Sea Radio Orchestra and I did a gig for them last year um, again and it's it's like a combination of prog rock and out folk with a bit of early 20th century contemporary English pastoral thrown in and and I just I loved it that was such a good gig I loved it so because that pops into my mind I'm going to say that Okay, brilliant. Who has been your biggest influence on you as an artist? Oh, again, the freelancer's problem. How can you narrow it down to one? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think I can give you an answer. I'm sorry. That's really lame. That's totally. That's fair enough. (laughs) Um, Would you ever consider going into politics? I think I would. I wouldn't mind the debating. I think the hours I would struggle with, and yeah, I I think I like being a musician. I think I really Fair. like being a musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What has been the most memorable or impact performance that you've been involved with? Impactful performance that you've been involved with. Oh. Well. I mean, at one end of the extreme, I played with Kanye West at Princess Diana's Memorial Concert, which was a surreal experience in many ways. But I think that that went out to, I don't know, certainly millions of people watching that. Um, 
most impactful. But then on the other hand, you know, you play, you play for people's weddings or people's funerals and it's such an intimate thing to do for someone to be part of that experience that, and that often has a bigger impact on you, I think, than, than doing a big gig. Yeah, it's often the person-to-person thing, isn't it? it? It's exactly what you were saying yeah. about the parliamentary square and people understanding that, that it comes from a person. It's a person's story. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Susie, thank you so much for joining us. I will put in the show notes the link to your Facebook post and um, the link to the Let Music Live website. Um, and is there anything Brilliant. else thank you would like you. To, to say before we finish up? Anywhere else you would like to direct people for information or anything that you would like to ask for in terms of support? Um, I mean, if anybody does want to help musicians, um, I think there are various funds available. There's one at Help Musicians UK and the MU, um, the Musicians Union are also running one, I think. And um, just, yeah, thank you so much for the invitation, Anna. And um, I really hope we can come through this absolute humdinger of a year with a bit more awareness of ourselves and also still a really vibrant creative industry in this country because it would be a real shame to lose it. It's an incredibly powerful sentiment to finish on so thank you so much for joining us and I will um, put all that information together in the notes. Brilliant, thank you Anna. And thank you Susie, that was the fantastic Susie Winkworth. And just to repeat some of the information she gave there at the end, if you would like to support musicians, Help Musicians Now is an excellent organisation. Thank you so much for joining us on The Arts Response. As always, please do like, subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. And I look forward to you joining us on the next one. From all of us here at Create Contribute Change, stay well and see you soon. For my love is like a